We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the December 21st edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper and I are here. Like every Friday, we're going to catch you up on the last minute news, injury notes, stuff like that. Some big news today, Derek. We're recording this about 2.45 Eastern, by the way. Uh, so Derek, some big, huge fantasy-related news for people playing in their fantasy championship games. Yeah, it's it's been a weird couple of, of weeks with uh, key players going down at the worst possible time. Week 15 was a disaster even for some of the guys that played entire games, not really coming close to their projections. And now we've got to sweat this out with Todd Gurley in week 16, that knee issue that he's dealing with. That kind of has him probably as a game-time decision as we look ahead to the late afternoon games. And based on the timing of that, there's a few problems. One, you're going to have limited backup options. And even if you go to the waiver wire right now and pick up C.J. Anderson or John Kelly, there's not really a clear indication that I believe, anyway, as far as how they intend to distribute touches. Like The report that came out yesterday from the Rams' official site, uh, Clarence Dennis, one of the team's writers, had a quote from Sean McVay 
And it said, you can see him playing a role as early as this week. Really impressed just being around him in the initial 24 hours or whatever it's been. End quote. Kind of weird that Sean McVay, who remembers exactly what play was run eight years ago in a game, (laughs) in a specific situation, isn't sure how long C.J. Anderson has been around the team. But um, more importantly than that, you can see him playing a role. Like, that, that doesn't say he's our backup or he's going to get double-digit carries. It doesn't say anything specific at all. It's extremely vague. And then just down from that in the same article, after it kind of points out that Anderson's got familiarity with uh, Gruden offenses and Shanahan offenses, which are similar to some of the things that McVay likes to do, it just kind of jumps to this idea that Anderson's the first back off the bench behind Todd Gurley, which implies if Gurley doesn't play, that Anderson would be the actual option that they want to go to. Justin Davis is also banged up. He was one of their backups, which is why they signed Anderson. But for one reason or another, John Kelly's not even mentioned in this article. It's a really bizarre situation. Okay, so if you own Todd Gurley and you got a late game and you are going to wait on him, do you try to wait on one of these Rams and hope to get clarity on Sunday afternoon? Or do you go in a completely different direction and try to get, oh, Jeff Wilson in case Breed is limited, or Mike Davis, or perhaps, you know, Doug Martin, Jalen Richard, someone like that? Royce Freeman on Monday is probably in that group too um, against the Raiders. I mean, I think Lindsey and Freeman could could thrive in that matchup. I think Mike Davis kind of stands out to me a little more than both of the Rams backups. Even if CJ Anderson has a role and is the lead back, don't you think it's going to be a timeshare where Kelly is catching some passes? Anderson gets the early down work. Like, I just think it's probably really, I don't know, really sketchy. Like uh, it's possible for a running back who wasn't on the team a week ago to come in and, and get all the work. It does happen once in a while, but it's just a really tough thing to, to hinge your entire season on, whereas Mike Davis, you know, has a a role as the primary pass catcher in a game where Seattle is an underdog against one of the league's top offenses, and that could be the kind of game script that makes it a pretty nice day for for Mike Davis. So I'd rather I'd rather go with Davis. I think Freeman versus Anderson, barring further clarity, is a straight fifty fifty. Because I think the Raiders are just that bad against the run. And even if he's going to get like 10 carries, Royce Freeman might rip 65 yards and a touchdown out of him on that. Yeah, I think I would go Davis over Freeman. But all right. Um, All right, let's go on because there's more injuries to talk about. But first, uh, I'm on Twitter at jhalpin37. Derek's at Derek Van Riper. Our main account is at Rotowire. And for all all the latest news, I literally just saw... Flash on my Twitter feed, the Todd Gurley news. That's where I saw it on at where you follow at Rotowire NFL. So check that out. All right, more injuries. The out people, Cam Newton, as we talked about, is out. Uh, Tyler Boyd is out. Odell Beckham Jr. is out. Austin Eckler is out. Quincy Inunua, which is not a big deal and we knew already, is out. The to be determined, guys, this is where it gets dicey. First, Juju Smith Schuster. Apparently hurt his groin in Thursday's practice, left practice. Friday did not practice, was not in uniform. Antonio Brown said, I think he'll be out there. As of right now, again, I'm talking a little before 3 o'clock Eastern, 
The Steelers have not put an official official injury designation. By the time you listen to this, you will probably hear what that is. It's another one. If you are, I tweeted this out yesterday. If you are going to try to play the weight on Juju game, where do you go on the weight? Remember, it's a late game in New Orleans. So what do you want to do? James Washington is probably available in what? Like 90% of leagues, if not more. on Yahoo. Yeah, I, I think. Is it that simple to Juju's replacement? He's the guy. He's a rookie. I don't care. I think so. I, I think he's had, I think, three or four targets the last couple of weeks. So not a, a tiny role, but not a, a big role. You take 10 targets away from Juju, and you're probably going to redistribute them like three or four to Antonio Brown, one or two to Vance McDonald, and you got about four left over. So if you give Washington three or four that you'd have anyway, plus an extra four, maybe he gets up to eight targets. And in DFS, he becomes a tournament play. In season long, he could become uh, one of those guys you could just have at the ready who has a late game. Because when you start looking at the other options, Denver, do you want to go after Denver's receivers with Case Keenum throwing him passes? Sure, the matchup's good against the Raiders, but I don't feel great about that. I don't feel I don't feel that much better about Deshaun Hamilton than I do against that about James Washington if Juju doesn't play. Right. Uh, Seattle, I mean, I, I don't think the depth receivers there are going to do much. The guys that you would want are already owned. Kansas City, maybe you could throw a dart on like a, I don't know, what, Chris Conley or something? Like, what What are you going to do? Like, that's not really appealing. Right. So I, I think it's all about Washington being the guy you want to add like right now if you're a Juju owner in a league where there's just not much else out there. Yeah. We talked about Jordy yesterday. Jordy too. Yeah, Jordy might be available in in tens and some twelves. Right. Um, the volumes there. I mean, you have to do something to cover yourself, just because with the way he left, he didn't talk to anybody on Friday either, which is kind of weird. That doesn't that doesn't seem like a juju thing, right? He seems like the kind of guy that would talk most of the time. So whether they're just playing it really close to the vest or not, you know, who knows? Uh, with this game being away, maybe, maybe we get a clue. Maybe on Saturday we find out that he didn't travel with the team. Like that's that's always a possibility too. So. I would pick up Washington right now in most scenarios. If Nelson and Washington are out there, I guess I'd go Nelson because I think there's a clear path to his 8 to 10 targets. But I think Washington might actually be a pretty good player. Okay. I think you might be right. Um, Other to be determined. Julio Jones, apparently a game-time decision for the Falcons. That's not great. Um, I'm not surprised, though. The hip injury he's dealing with, it's one of those things where if they were playing for a playoff spot, I bet he'd play through it and we wouldn't really worry about it. But why? Like, why would you force yourself to do it? Fortunately, compared to the other guys, this is an early game, so you're going to get clarity at 1130 Eastern on Sunday morning as opposed to having to ride it out to the last uh, few minutes of, of the mid-afternoon slate. So I, I like the I like the chances of, of Atlanta just resting Julio. I mean, I have no inside information, and I, like everybody else, will have to make adjustments if they do. If he's active, I'm rolling with him. And if he's inactive, of course, I'm going to find the replacement. I think if he's out, Austin Hooper gains something. Uh, but you're looking at Ridley and Muhammad Sanu as probably being viable plays in that 30 to 40 range among wide receivers this week against Carolina. Do you have any interest? I mentioned this yesterday. Someone, I think someone else got me back on Twitter. I think Scott Pianowski from Yahoo kind of said he didn't like one of these names. Robert Foster. Like, do you have any interest? I, I, I mean, after the last four or five weeks, I feel like he kind of has to be on your radar if, if you're looking for a fill-in. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's, it's not bad. You expect the Bills to have to throw more than they want to. They're almost two touchdown underdogs in New England. Uh, the per target numbers have been really good, so it doesn't take a lot for Foster to be productive. So he has big playability, good size at 6'2". I, I like him the best of the Bills receivers. Zay Jones probably falls into the, the mix as well, just because he could be a high-volume play in like PPR leagues. But Foster's definitely in play for me if you're scrambling for wide receiver help. Okay. Um, other people, Lamar Miller is, they think he has a chance to play, I think is what Bill O'Brien said. So keep an eye on that. They're playing at Philly. Um, it would be team never Alfred Blue, as you put it yesterday, <laughs> would be the alternative. Not doing it. Can't do it. I know you're not doing it. I know. Won't do it. Um, otherwise, let's see, Xavier Howard, questionable for the Dolphins. I think that it, LaShawn McCoy sounds like he's going to play, but he might share carries with people. I, I just avoid that Bill's backfield. Streaming defense options. Hmm. So, the Browns, 31% owned against Jeff Driscoll at home. You in? Jeff Driscoll with no A.J. Green and no Tyler Boyd. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cleveland's definitely. great defense this week. Um, next possible option. So, the Browns, 31% on Yahoo. Falcons, 28% at Carolina against second stringer Taylor Heineke. Also in play, I think Atlanta can can get some pressure. They've got Deion Jones back. They've had him for a few weeks. You know, I saw with what they were doing against the Packers, even with the depleted Packers offensive line, and they were able to uh, to get pressure and, and to even have a couple shots at picks in that game. So I, I think Atlanta's okay as a streaming defense. Uh, definitely behind Cleveland, uh, no question about that, but cons- worth consideration. Okay. Now, by the way, I'm talking myself into the Taylor Heineke Cinderella story. I've been doing it all day, and it's, it's working, i got to say. Are you putting him into a DFS lineup then? Mm, it's cheap. We'll talk about that later, but yeah, possibly. You know, he can run is the thing. He can run, and he has been in Nord Turner's offense for more than this season. That's, that's, yeah. that's the narrative I'm creating for myself. I mean, the other narrative I've heard is, well, Nick Mullins has been kind of useful, and he's probably not any worse than Nick Mullins. <laughs> and he's got better weapons than Mullins has. Yes, he does. Across the board. So there you could talk yourself. I, I see how people could talk themselves into it. Last one, 28% also. Dolphins, 28% at home against the Jags. I actually recommended that one to someone yesterday. In a big money league, I recommended that to somebody yesterday. I like it. Who's this the guy who I recommended to? He's the owner of my local wine shop. So then I got, you know. Office. If, if it works, I get free wine. Well, that's cool. It's, if if not, you pay you pay a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe. is that how it works? Like all, all the local business owners are all playing in fantasy leagues against each other. <laughs> this this particular guy, we I, I've been going to this place for I don't know eight nine years. And when I first went in there, I don't know how we started chatting, and then fantasy football came up, and there you go. So we hit it off, and now it's. Oh, I mean, and he's good. I mean, I play in a league with him now, and he's—he's—it's an MFL, and he destroys me. So, you know, hmm. forget that. I have an idea. I have to hatch it later. I can't talk about it on the pod, but I have—I've thought of an idea. You—you you have, and you can't share it now. No, I—I I, I gave away an idea yesterday. Oh, about the pizzeria, the clam pizzeria. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll—we'll we'll get. We'll I give get away one later. a week. No, no brilliant business ideas anymore for this week, everybody. Just fantasy football. Um, all right, so Browns, Falcons, Dolphins, who's your favorite? 
Probably the Browns. I mean, I think Driscoll's going to fall on his face. Like they, Joe, unless Joe Mixon goes full on superhero against heavy boxes and turns thirty carries into one hundred and eighty yards, the Bengals are going to get stomped. And the lines up to like nine and a half. They put thirty five on the Bengals a few weeks ago in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and you kind of get the sense that Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens would love to put 45 on Hugh in front of the Cleveland fans. <laughs> right. Like I, I, I just think this is going to be like peak Browns party time against Cincinnati. They're just going to have so much fun with this. All right. I think I'm going dolphins first over the Browns. So, hmm. and, and, and part of this, I just think the Jags are more of a train wreck even than the Bengals. Oh, did you hear the Leonard Fournette quote today, by the way? Now, nah, what did he say today? I'm looking, reading from his player page. Fournette said Friday that he feels healthy heading into the Jags' Week 16 matchup with the Dolphins, but admitted his conditioning isn't where he wants it to be. "Quote: I could be in better shape." End quote. Fournette said, "What is what is happening here? He's averaging 3.4 yards per carry this season. By the way, like the Leonard Fournette is a bust campaign. I'm actually surprised it hasn't been louder. Like, yeah, this is a guy that was a a stud recruit." LSU was a very high draft pick, of course, fourth overall. And on a good team last year, I know he had the foot injury, 3.9 yards per carry, only four carries of 20-plus yards on 268 attempts. He's got two 20-yard runs on 115 carries this year. Maybe he's not that good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's possible, it's right? It's definitely like, possible. It's possible that, sure. that we're all just wrong about him. Yeah. It, I mean... How is he gonna? Is he gonna be like another Trent Richardson? Is that what we're? Oh boy! Is that the pattern now with Leonard yeah. Fournette? And no one, no one wants to bring it up. And they could have taken a quarterback. Ah, well. It it's not. I mean, Richardson got three point six yards per carry on a pretty crappy Browns team as a rookie. He got three the second season split between the Browns and Colts. I still can't believe the Colts traded for him. Uh, I I don't. This is this is bad. This yeah. is really bad, John. This is really bad. I agree for the Jags. It's a it's a disaster in Jacksonville right now. All right, let's go to our emergency plug and play types. We get to DFS after that. So the the plug and plays that I'm looking at here. We've and we talked about some of these guys on Thursday in the game by game analysis. But we'll get to them again. Let's say hypothetically, you know, we, we we run into situations. We've gotten into situations this year where Sunday morning we go, oh no, that guy's hurt. What happened? Or if you have one of these game time decisions like uh, like Juju or Julio, um, let's go quarterback first. I've got Mariota at thirty three percent, but that's a Saturday game, so that's a you know you'd have to commit early. We got running Josh Allen at twenty seven percent on Yahoo at New England. We've got Derek Carr twenty three percent at home against the the uh, hurt Broncos secondary. We've got a little Nick Foles at thirteen percent who played well last week at home against the Texans. I'm sure we have others. Anybody like there? Any quarterbacks that if you were digging deep, some you know, two quarterback league? Oh no, I don't like what I have. I'm changing my mind. I got a hurt guy. What would you do? I think Foles is probably the one I like. I mean, he's familiar with the system. He's got a pretty healthy complement of weapons with Ertz and Jeffrey and Aguilar and Golden Tate all available. Running game might be a little bit broken up right now. Some of the injuries they've got there, so they may have to lean on him pretty heavily. And I think that game has a lot of shootout potential. It's kind of middle of the pack in terms of your over-under totals. Close point spread, though. Uh, as good as Houston is up front, I think Philadelphia can kind of scheme a way to get the ball out of hands out of the hands of Nick Foles very quickly. 
Uh, and I think he puts a pretty good line this week. Okay. Running backs. I think we're both, we've become team Kalen Balage. Right? 30 Within reason, ownership. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I picked him up. Uh, I'm probably going to play him as a flex play in Pentathlon, which is like a it's a 12 teamer. That's a little bit deeper. You start a couple tight ends. You got a super flex stuff like that. So yeah, uh, Balaj. It's the Frank Gore volume that you're projecting on him. Okay. Um, Kenneth Dixon. We talked about him. He's kind of a maybe. Wendell Smallwood. Neither one of us seemed interested in yesterday. Alfred Blue. I mean, Zach Zenner. You're really reaching if you're getting down here, right? Uh, like other than maybe now we got to add those Rams guys to the mix, like we talked about earlier. I hate that scenario. I picked up Anderson, and it was mostly just because I had a guy on IR, so I'm just blocking somebody else from getting the move or giving myself an option if I have a, a late afternoon scratch. I've got Matt Breida on that team, so you always want to have an insurance policy with Matt Breida. Like he's just he's always dinged up. And you never know. It's like, oh, this injury wasn't that bad, but he tweaked it in, in pregame warmups, and now you're screwed. You know, yep. it's, it's that kind of thing. Okay. Next up, wide receivers. All right, so we talked about Chris Hogan a bit yesterday. He's at 26% ownership on Yahoo. It, we, we both kind of buy into the idea that more so than, let's say, Philip Dorsett, that Chris Hogan sort of slides into Josh Gordon's role a bit. However, we got Tredavious White in this game. Now, Tredavious White is a very good corner. We talked, we talked about how last week Kenny Galladay was a different kind of matchup for him because Galladay's so big. Chris Hogan's not the kind of receiver that's going to, you know, that can sort of athletically overpower a good corner. You know what I mean? He's good, but he's not a stud. Like, if, if Julio Jones went out against Tredavious White, you'd be like, yeah, I don't care. Chris Hogan? If he's the guy, or Philip Dorsett, if it comes to that, eh. I mean, I was thinking about that more since yesterday, and I feel like I like Chris Hogan less today than I did yesterday. Yeah, the, the matchup isn't as good as it could be for him. I mean, I, I think Edelman goes crazy out of the slot. We talked about this game as a breakdown. I, Sony Michelle is, is the, the DFS angle I really like. He's cheap. The volume should be there. Probably finds the end zone once. Their implied total is almost 30. How how are they going to score thirty? Well, maybe one to Gronk, one to Edelman, one or two to Sony Michelle. Like that that seems reasonable, right? I, I wonder with Dorsett too. Are they going to run Philip Dorsett out of the slot? Also, like are they going to have two slot guys going, one on each side or something, and trying some different things? Like Dorsett doesn't need a lot of volume to be productive. He's had some pretty uh, high yards per target marks the last two seasons, even though he's down at six point nine this year. I don't, I don't want to play Dorsett in, in season long. I'm just kind of wondering if he ends up sneakily doing some things right away. Okay. I'm trying to see where they've played this year. Hogan's played about two-thirds of his snaps out of the slot. Dorsett's been outside more than in, but I don't know how many of those Hogan slot snaps came when Edelman was out. I mean, there's a there's a lot of slot snaps for, for Hogan and Edelman, though. I, yeah. I kind of think they're both being used in the slot regularly still okay um otherwise here uh Traquan smith we talked a little about yesterday he's sort of a boomer bust kind of guy we talked about james washington look james washington if you're in the, if, you, if you want to go that direction and hold him he's available everywhere but if juju plays you might have a different outlook we talked about foster we talked about Deshaun hamilton what about antonio callaway any interest there he's 23 percent on yahoo 
I I do like Callaway as uh, a dart. Uh, he had a pretty good game, I think, last time against the Bengals, too. And he's shown in recent weeks there's there's big playability there. The target volume is looking a little more stable. So he's kind of a good desperation sort of play this week if you've got some injury issues and you just want somebody that has the potential of, of going off, even with like a kind of like a mid-range target sort of projection. Okay. Um, any, any guys I missed? Any wide receivers I missed? Or are you good with these? I think you... Got everybody that was on my mind. All right. Tight ends. Uh, Team Ian Thomas is still together out over here in uh, in the suburbs of Charlotte. You love Ian Thomas. I really do like Ian Thomas a lot. Uh, and I think we talked yesterday about that whole – I haven't followed up with the, my guys at the Panthers about the whole second, te- second string uh, chemistry thing from earlier in the year, but I will. And I'll tweet it if I get anything good. Um, Thomas, 33% on Gerald Everett, 19% on, I don't trust Gerald Everett. Like he hmm. got some looks last week when they were coming back against the Eagles. I, I just, Gerald Everett has some nice games and they've been talking for two years about how they, want, how they want to get him more involved in the passing game. But then he has those weeks where he gets two targets and one catch and you, you can't, you can't play Gerald Everett ever. You I don't think you don't want to, but I mean, he runs routes like 96% of the time when he's on the field. So. Right. That's kind of a, a positive and seven targets in back-to-back games. So set the career high in week 14, matched it in week 15. Let's see if he can cash it in uh, in this matchup against Arizona. I mean, if, if Gurley gets ruled out, they're not going to run any of the backups nearly the same way they run the offense with right. Gurley. So passing game volume has to go up. Like it, it's, it's almost a certainty. Okay. So that's what makes like Josh Reynolds interesting, too as the third receiver, but I think Everett would get a little bump too if Gurley gets ruled out. Tangent here. Do you think there's a reasonable possibility that the Rams are say better safe than sorry and hold Gurley out? Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance they do that because they can beat the Cardinals without Todd Gurley. So Cardinals plus 14 and a half at home against a, a Gurley less Rams team. That doesn't sound like that, a bad bet. That, that I would take. Yes. Yep. A, a non Gurley Rams team definitely would take the Cardinals with the points. Gurley's playing. Ugh, Maybe. I, I mean, the Rams haven't been covering much anyway. Rosen is bad, though. That, that defense know. might just put the Rams in short field situations a lot. All right. Uh, Chris Herndon, 13% owned. Blake, Blake Jarin at 1%. I mean, we're on two weeks in a row with decent volume here. I mean, it's not a lot. It's not. It doesn't tell a complete story, but again, tight end is a wasteland. <laughs> so it's it's in play for some people, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Jarwin is a dart you can throw at this point. His role seems to have ticked up a bit. And we know Tampa Bay, even though they're better against the past now than they were eight weeks ago, they're still not great against it. They're still worse than league average. So that bodes well. All right. Um, who's your favorite out of this group? Uh, favorite out of that? Probably Everett. I actually like Gerald Everett. Okay. The uh, Let's go to the DFS report. We need like a teletype. You know those teletype things? Like that. Well, we need a lot of production value to be added. We need sound effects. And we don't have those tools like to do it in real time. So then it's all in post. And that gets kind of putsy. But if you had a button you could push, that's what you'd want, right? Right. You would. Um, all right. So FanDuel. So the minimum, the quarterback minimum is 6,000. So we've got Foles. 
All right, we got Foles and Heineke at 6,000. That's not a choice unless you're looking to be unconventional, right? I mean, Foles is the play between those two. Yeah, pretty pretty obviously Foles in that case. If you're going cheap at quarterback, though, Sam Darnold at 6,700 against the Packers isn't the dumbest thing you could do. Right. I agree with you on that. That's not, and I'm, 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 uh, I've got a little uh, football crush on Sam Darnold right now. I like him a lot. What about, uh, what about Dak? I like Dak against the Bucks. Yeah, Dak's fine. I think he can, he can make value at home. He's done it a few times this year. I only worry about Dallas being up ten plus and not having to throw it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't know if Tampa Bay is good enough offensively to break down Dallas's defense. Like that's that's the concern I have about this game. If Dallas falls short of their total, it's just because Tampa Bay is not pushing them that much. They could win twenty-one to nine or something, or twenty-one thirteen, and it just it wouldn't surprise me much if it was mostly just the Zeke show. But I I get why people are interested in Dak this week. I just don't think I'm playing him in DFS. Okay, Fanduel running backs. Jamal Williams, listed as questionable, but he's going to play as far as we know. He and Elijah McGuire are kind of nice price. I mean, look, you look at the top of the list, you know, Gurley and uh, McCaffrey over 9,000. Gurley 9,600, McCaffrey 93. Then you go down, Jamal Williams and Elijah McGuire could get 20 touches each. They're both under $6,000. That's pretty strong for cash, I would think. Yeah, as flex plays, it's not bad. I actually kind of like him more as tournament plays only because this week has a lot of running backs in, in favorable spots. Mm-hmm. And I think the the move that's going to be most common when you build your lineups both on both sites is going to be paying up for at least two. And then if you're using a cheap back in cash, you know, it is a Williams, McGuire, um, Jeff Wilson would be in play if something were to happen to Matt Breida. And then the Kalen Balazs is only 5,500. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's a few different paths there lower on the price list this week that open up a little money for high-end receivers. So you, you could do it in cash. I'm just more inclined to do it in tournaments. Okay. And, and they're, t- they're TD dependent. Right. Like, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's good volume for either one of those guys because I don't really expect them to be very efficient. You're kind of just hoping for the two-touchdown game if you're playing them. Okay. Um, why receivers on FanDuel? The top of the value meter is the expensive guys again. Well, that, Amari Cooper's a lot cheaper. I mean, the Bucks have been better lately against the pass. But Amari Cooper's a lot like why is Amari Cooper that much cheaper than Adam Thielen? Because Adam Thielen hasn't really done a heck of a lot over the past month and a half. Yeah, it's funny. It, it just it if you just did the blind resume thing, I think people would choose Cooper nine times out of ten. If you're looking at the last four or five games, both I think could be played. I mean, cheaper than Michael Thomas and Julio, Devontae Adams, and probably not that far away in terms of the actual projected output. I think you could go Thielen Cooper or at least one of those guys and uh, start sprinkling in, you know, Robbie Anderson on the cheap if it's a tournament. Uh, maybe Mike Evans as a tournament play also. He's only 7,200. I know mm-hmm. he's going up against Byron Jones, but Mike Evans is a freak. Like, I, I, if you're, you can shut down everybody and then match up against Mike Evans and just get roasted. So I, I, think there's, I think there's definitely some value there with both Thielen and Cooper. The only thing I'm worried about with Thielen is I don't know if Detroit has an answer for Minnesota's defense right now. Like the Lions are falling apart offensively, and it could just be the Dalvin Cook show. Okay. 
Um, otherwise, here, Robbie Anderson, 5,900. Um, let's see. I, I, I see people playing him in cash. Yeah. And I, I, I realized like the targets have been there pretty much five games in a row. He's just had some weird games where he gets targets and doesn't convert many of them because they're way downfield. I like him this week a lot, but I think everyone wants to play him in tournaments, especially. So you're going to get kind of popular Robbie Anderson, and I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. I just, I'm worried that there's more downside there than people realize, even though the price is still really low. Fair enough. Um, tight end, your buddy Gerald Everett's only 4,800. I mean, if you like him, that would be a tournament play type thing. Evan Engram at 5,700 with no Beckham sounds like a pretty solid option to me. Yes, I, I'm, I'm still with you there on, on Ingram. I think the the, the DraftKings full point P, PBR scoring is, um, you know, that's that's ideal. But I think for 5,700 especially, you're saving 2,000 off the price of, of a, an elite tight end. You're saving 1,700 off of Kittle, who's the, the highest priced on the main slate. I think that's a great way to go this week. You could also get Ebron for 6,100. I'm not worried about him. Coming off the quiet game last week, I still think it's Hilton and Ebron propelling that Colts passing game. So I think you're looking at uh, one of the double E's as the better way to go to save a little money, but to have still a pretty high ceiling at tight end this week. All right, let's go to DraftKings. Uh, Taylor Heineke, bargain rate of $4,000. He'll probably run for 30 yards. So, is he going to throw for 175 or 200? Like, if he does that and finds the end zone. It, I mean, he finds the end zone once, run, throws for 150. So that's a six. DraftKings 25 per point? Per yeah, passing 25, point? Yeah. yeah. So there's six, and you throw a touchdown. That's for thir- that's 10, and he runs for 30. That's 13. That gets you to a cash line. That's not a big, that's not a big way to get to a cash. That's around good value for cash right there. I mean, you really want 4X. Like that's, 4X, that's, okay, right. Fair that's enough. That's what you want. Like it, it, if you can get there, then you're really happy. And all that money you're saving, paying down from the $6,000 guys that are you know, really safe, that frees up the extra money you need for the second great receiver or to go to the top of the tight end pool or to jam in two elite running backs. If you want to play Zeke and Saquon Barkley, you can do that. I just think lineup building this week is fascinating because of the running backs. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if you're playing Heineke, do you play him standalone or do you want to actually play him like with McCaffrey? Do you want to pair a receiver or a tight end with him? Like what's your, what's your move with Heineke? If you're putting someone with him, you know what I'm going to say? No, Ian Thomas, right? Cause you're playing, you're already, you're, <laughs> you're going tournament anyway. If you're doing Heineke's you're doing the Heineke thing, even, even though 4,000 in cash for a starting quarterback is, it's probably doable. Yeah. Uh, Thomas with him. Yeah, you're getting, getting pretty slick value there. So then you can just jam in as much chalk as you want. I'm, right, I'm writing down Heineke Thomas stack. There you go. The other way to think about this, and it just makes the problem worse, uh, that's why I'm glad to share this idea with you, is that if, ta- if Taylor Heineke plays well, which you, you'd want if you stack him with anybody, Christian McCaffrey probably does well too. Like, do you see right. Taylor Heineke doing a lot of damage if Christian McCaffrey is significantly limited? Um, pro- probably. I mean, unless they're losing and he throws every down, you know what I mean. So he's not right. doing the damage, down, but the he's down twenty. Stats. 
They're down 20. McCaffrey sits, and Heineke throws 30 passes in the second half. Right. So, yeah, that, that would be the way if McCaffrey's not, not active, that, you know, not effective. I think they're only like a three-point dog. It's not, it's, not like, it's not like Vegas is looking at this game and saying, well, the Falcons are going to go in there and smash the Panthers. So, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's – if you believe in him, this is the week to do it because the price can only go up. Yep. All right. Um, otherwise, you know, we talked about those guys, the other quarterbacks. And I don't know. So the running backs, there's a lot to like here. A lot, a lot, a lot. So the, the first guy I want to bring up, I mean, we're going to talk about the other. We, we've got options for the other guys. I mean, Balaj is cheap at 3,700. Maguire's 4,700. Jamal Williams, 5,400. I mean, we're going up the ladder on, on affordability and effectiveness, whatever. But, I mean, Balaj is the cheap bargain. But... Marlon Mack at 5,500 as a nine, nine and a half point favorite after getting 27 carries last week. And the, the, he checks every box. I like him as my flex in cash games. Okay. Why that's is your that's, flex that's, instead of as a running back? No, I, I just think you're, you're probably in a cash game. You're probably playing Zeke at 9,000. And you're probably playing Barkley at 7,900 because that price is stupid. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to afford another seven thousand dollar back, so you're going to go ahead and pay down. And fifty five hundred on Mac feels a lot better than fifty four hundred on Jamal Williams. Yes, and it feels even better than I think forty seven hundred on Elijah McGuire. That's Sony at forty nine. I know he doesn't catch the ball in DraftKings, so that matters. So I love Sony in tournaments, though. Okay, because he's priced down enough where if he gets twenty carries gets 80 plus yards and finds the end zone once that's good enough and he can do more mm-hmm. okay um otherwise here what about we talked a little about this yesterday let me see what his price is are you 5200 for james white we talked yesterday about the you know josh mcdaniel's hinting like yeah we do need to get him the ball more i mean the price is fine pretty solid he caught a lot of passes in the first meeting against Buffalo. He was 10 on 13 targets. Mm-hmm. And he scored in that game. Only had eight carries for 15 yards, but played 61 snaps. So you know he had 25 DraftKings points in that game. It's tournaments only because they spread the ball around and the other backs are, are healthy. But you want, you want a lone guy on a team that's among the leaders in implied totals this week. James White would, uh, would check those boxes. Okay. Um, wide receiver. I got some of the same suspects. I didn't realize Chris Hogan's 3300 That is really cheap. That's pretty cheap is right. That's, that's a strong that, – you know, that, that, that's daring you to play him without – I mean, that was you – know, if, if they, they made that price today, it would probably look different. With it would, Gordon but it would it'd be like 4500 it, right. it wouldn't be much more than that because – even when he was on the field a lot earlier this season, like Chris Hogan was playing 40 plus snaps every single week up until up until the bye week. That's when mm-hmm. they kind of backed off him a little bit. And he had two donuts in there. Week one against Houston, 2.1 DraftKings points. He was under 10 three straight weeks against the, the Lions. Lion. I mean, he, he's been on the field a lot and done very little to this point. Right. So I just I 
I think he's a tournament play, even though he's cheap. And I, I can't even venture a confident guess into what the ownership's really going to be. Okay. Josh I think Ren- it's going to be low. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Josh Reynolds, 4,600. People like that. Uh, if Gurley's out, I like it more. If Gurley's playing, I think the, the investment you want to make in the Rams passing game is Robert Woods. Okay. Um, let's see who else here. Talked about Robbie Anderson. What about after Zay last... Jones? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to trust Josh Allen. I don't want to trust Josh Allen either. So I'm 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 I I don't want to go that way on Zay Jones. Pettis Pettis is a guy that people still like, even though it's against the Bears. I mean, if if they're playing from behind, which I think they will be, there will be volume, and Pettis will probably get some of that volume. He runs routes out of the slot. Bryce Callahan's out. Right. I guess I guess that makes sense. James Washington is thirty one hundred. Just oh man, he it, he's going to be the chalk like he's going to be the cheap chalk play of the slate if Juju gets ruled out, and he'll be a lot more popular now even with Juju maybe just being questionable. But man, you talk about a guy that could do a lot at a low price. That's that's really interesting. Okay, I'm still looking for more Juju news. You know what Nothing. I want to do someday. I want to win the millionaire maker by playing three receivers under 4K in the same lineup. You want to what? Three under 4K? I want to win the millionaire maker with three receivers at 4K or less. Wow. Like I, I want to have it the week. I want to have it the week where you hit the three long TDs under 4K. You, you get like Callaway, Hogan, and James Washington, and you can just spend like crazy everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And you happen to just hit a long TD to each of those guys. That would feel really good. All right. Do it this weekend. Go for it. James Did Washington you just kind of call, takes you, you to the promised land. Yeah. Maybe Michael Gallup gets in. <laughs> Nobody's on Gallup this week, right? I mean, after a donut last week. Right. I really liked Gallup last week, too. I, I feel bad about that. Yeah, well. Um, I'm trying to think of who else here. Now, nah, let's, let's go to the tight ends. I'm not. I'm not bringing up the, that name again. I'm going to skip Penn. We all know how I feel. Oh, Gerald, Ian Thomas. Go yeah. ahead. Come on, Gerald Everett, twenty nine hundred. Cheap. Cheap. Evan Ingram, forty six hundred. That's relatively cheap. It's real. That's really nice. I do like him a little more on DraftKings because it could be low efficiency volume. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eli, because that's that's what Eli is all about. I like Ingram. I think a lot of people do like him this week, though. Okay. Thomas, 3,500, by the way. Anybody else you like here? I'm just lukewarm. There's no one else jumping out of me. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's good. He didn't get enough Panthers are bad against tight ends, too. Yep. Fair enough. That's a good one. All right. Um, And Blake Jarwin again. How much is Jarwin? Hold, please. He's got to be low. Very cheap. 3,000 even. So, all right. I think that's it. You got anybody else? Any, Any other DFS people you've been thinking about this week? Uh, I think we covered them. I mean, covered them all on the DFS pod for sure. And then other guys that have kind of popped up during the week. No, nobody else. The, the guy that I, I'm, I'm most interested in from a what the heck is the ownership rate really going to look like standpoint is actually Elvin Kamara. Okay. 7,400 on DraftKings. Yep. I mean, you got Nick Chubb priced right near him in a dream matchup. Against Cincinnati, you got Delvin Cook 500 less in a good spot against Detroit. 
You got Saquon for 500 more, which is just insane. Is Kamara going to be like 12 to 15 percent owned in a week where he would normally like if, if this matchup came up in week three, Kamara would have been 50 percent owned at this price. Right. Yeah, I think you're going to get him at maybe like 15 to 17 percent. I think it's because everybody's going to go after, you know, the Williams, McGuire, Balazs thing. Yeah, they're going to pay up for the more stability and then go cheaper in the flex spot. And then it's just going to be like less interest in Kamara than usual because a lot of the investments will be Roethlisberger, Brown, Juju if he plays, Michael Thomas, and Drew Brees. Implied point total for the Saints is 31? No. Oh, the, the over-under is down to 53, so it's 29.5. Still a heck of a lot. Yeah. Highest, highest on the main slate. I, I am gonna. I mean, I, I'm, I play it differently. I don't do a ton of lineups, but I, I'm, I, I think building around Marlon Mack sounds like a, a pretty solid approach, right now. I, I need Maybe to con- I need really control myself this week because I, 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 this is the kind of week where I, I keep seeing things I like, mm-hmm. and that just means I'm building more lineups. There you go. See. Spence, Spence, Spence. Yeah, me, me, me with 20 lineups isn't always a good thing. <laughs> you can piece I concentrate together. real hard on one or two lineups. Things can turn out okay for me. But when I start getting crazy, it doesn't usually go well. Right. All right. What else you got work, working besides 20 lineups? Um, pretty much nothing. I'm going to start relaxing this weekend. and Good. I'll be around here and there. But uh, I got the XM show on, on Monday, on Christmas Eve, so... Once that's done, I can take a good 48 hours and just do nothing, which I, I'm really looking forward to. How about you? Um, this weekend? Pizzas. Pizzas. I got to get ready for the pizzas. We got to make dough. I got to do all the shopping for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, that whole. That's going to be bad. The weekend's going to get away from me real fast. So, do you have a stand mixer? We do have a stand mixer, yes. You use it for pizza dough, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you have to. So we're good Wreck there. yourself doing that by hand. Yeah, so so we've got and and now all right, so you know it's Christmas week and all that stuff. We got a party to go to Sunday night. My dad's here. My dad got here today. I picked him up from the airport. He's eighty four. My dad's like you know I probably explained before. He was he he was a giant season ticket holder in the nineteen fifties. He went to the Alan Amici game, all that stuff. Um, and he he doesn't he won't miss a game. And I'm here, and I don't have Sunday ticket. I go out and I watch Red Zone and all that stuff. So he gives me the we got to go out and watch the Giants Sunday. I'm like, really? <laughs> he even at this stage of their of season. Of course. It's not even a question. I don't, I don't think you can push back on that. If he no. was out there watching YA Tittle play, then you got to just. Correct. You got to bring him somewhere to watch the Giants game. You know, back when, you know, he's, I mean, dude was watching Frank Gifford and, you know, I'm going to tell him he can't watch Giants Colts right now. So I'll go out and watch Marlon Mack. That'll be it. <laughs> Here's a question. Does your dad like Red Zone? He's okay with it. Okay. He doesn't some people like enough hate it. My wife hates it. And she likes football. And yeah, she hates I, Red Zone. Yeah. I, a good friend of mine, his, his wife hates it too. She's like, would rather watch either the Jags or the Steelers game with commercials than watch Red Zone. Yeah. And I don't understand that. My kids are just, my, you know, my wife does the, you know, tells the kids to leave the Panthers game on. And not go to red zone. My kids just leave the room and go to another one to watch red zone. 
and I'm kind of stunned. I'm like, all right, I'll watch the Panthers. But I would kind of like to watch Red Zone, depending on how the Panthers are doing. So I am I'm I'm always in two screen mode when the Packers are on. I I need I need something else to look at during yeah. the commercials. The commercials drive me nuts. Yeah, I don't blame you. So um yeah, pizza dough, all that stuff. So it's gonna be a busy weekend. It's gonna go fast. And then I got prep for my podcast Monday morning, Christmas Eve morning with Tim Heaney. Right. Yeah, you got that going Monday morning. So you'll be recording that. I'll be doing the XM show. So if people want to hear more of us before Christmas, there's uh, at least one more chance. Sounds good. All right, Derek, you have a Merry Christmas, okay? Yeah, you too, John. Enjoy the pizzas. All right, thanks. Everybody, listeners to the podcast, get a free 10-day RotoWire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. If you like the podcast, leave, leave us a review and a ratings. It's the least you can do for the holiday season. Thank you for listening to this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Like I said, Tim and I will be back Monday morning to review most of Week 16, look ahead a little bit to Broncos Raiders on Monday night, hopefully you don't have anyone other than maybe Philip Lindsay in those games that your fantasy championship depends on. So anyway, come on back Monday morning and listen. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. Good luck in week 16. And uh, if I don't talk to you before then, Merry Christmas.